Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong. Radiant. Timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Hello, 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 hello. Welcome to the Naughty But Nice Show. We have a really special episode today. We don't do many of these special episodes because, to be honest, there's not that many special people out there that I really want to talk with. Today we have a treat. We have an award-winning filmmaker, Tom Jennings, who has the most extraordinary new documentary about Princess Diana. It's called Diana in her own words. And the reason it's called that is this intimate story is basically told through the princess's own recordings. This is her voice. Tom, are you there? I am here, Rob. Thank you so much for having me. And I love to talk about how this film came to be. It's very special. It's a once in a lifetime project. Let's jump in right there. That's my very first question. How did this happen? Well, uh, it happened actually several years ago. The whole process started several years ago. And uh, it was in 2016 that National Geographic Channel, for which we do a lot of work, asked us to do something for the 20th anniversary of Diana's death, which was in 2017, the 20th anniversary. And we have kind of perfected this format for them and some other networks too, where we do programs that use only archive, as you see in the Diana film. And we don't have a narrator and we don't do interviews. Mm. We do other films like that, the traditional style, but we really have kind of cornered the market on this. And so they said, 
please come up with something for the anniversary. They agreed with me that there were going to be 30 or 35 films coming out, documentary, nonfiction projects right. about Diana. And they said, well, you need to find something different. <laughs> You're a clever guy, Tom. You'll figure it out. That's no pressure, Tom. Said. No pressure. And my background is actually in print journalism before I started making this. And so I had known about a book that came out in 1992 by the British author Andrew Morton. And Andrew Morton uh, was pilloried at the time because everyone said this mm. book was full of lies and it was all about how miserable Diana was and the marriage was falling apart. And it wasn't until after her death that he admitted that Diana had been the source for the book. And still people didn't believe him. And he said, oh, by the way, I have the audio tapes that she made for me that the book is based on. And he wound up releasing transcripts of those tapes and a couple of snippets in 2004. But no one had ever heard the tapes before mm -hmm. in their entirety. There are seven hours of tapes. And uh, just as a bit of background, the way they did it is Diana had a mutual friend named Dr. James Coulters, who also knew Morton. And she decided in 1991 that she wanted to tell her story. Morton would write questions, give them to Coulters, who would literally ride his bicycle through the gates of Kensington Palace. I'm not kidding. That's how he would go because he was a friend of Diana. Uh -huh. He would be waved through. They would find some quiet turret in the palace, and uh, and uh, Coulter's brought a tape recorder, and wow. for several hours each time over the period of about six or seven months, he would read questions from Morton. Diana would answer them, and they sound very colloquial, as you mm -hmm. heard in the film, because she's not talking to a journalist, even though she's answering the questions. She's talking to a very good friend of hers, and. <sighs> Colthurs would leave the palace. They would meet at some, uh, what uh, Morton would call a busman's cafe, someplace you wouldn't expect to find royal reporters <laughs> hanging out. And he would get the tapes and start listening to them. And it was mind-blowing. So what I did is I, tra because I knew those tapes existed, I tracked down Andrew Morton. Wow. And I, I called him up in London. And uh, I told him who I was and what I was doing. And he said, get in line, mate. Mm -hmm. forget that was, you're about the 2,000th producer who's asked me to have access to these tapes. And they said, Andrew, Andrew, wait a minute. We're doing this completely differently. Mm -hmm. There's no narrator, and we're not going to interview anyone. It's, no one's going to tell you what Diana was like. It's just going to be her. Wow. And there was this long, long pause, and I was waiting for oh, a Please, clip. please, fingers crossed, fingers crossed. And you know what he said, Rob? He said, Tell me. no one has ever asked me to do it that way before. Ooh. And then he said, how soon can you come to London? Uh, today. And <laughs> two Tom. days later, I was in Los Angeles. That's where we're based. Yes. Two days later, I got on a plane for the overnight <laughs> to Heathrow. I took a cab and, a, and the tube to get to his publisher's office, which... Um, this day, I have to tell you, it was like a fairy tale in my life. His publisher's office was, you know, a thatched roof, oh, ivy covered. It's like Harry gritted. Potter. The whole country. I'm from Potter. the British. It's no. Harry Potter. It was, it, it, it was like walking in a dream. Perfect. It's so British. Perfect. 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 And so we went in. I met Andrew. He 
brought out the real tapes, the, the cassettes, which are he keeps in a bank box. Of course. He went and got the box for me, but he had had them digitized, which he kept in a very mm-hmm. safe place. And for the next seven hours, we sat in this very small room, very small office, pouring rain. I remember there was a skylight, so you could hear the rain, drinking tea, of course, (laughs) and listening to Diana tell her story like she was sitting in the room with us. Oh, Tom, I'm so glad you pulled this off because now we get to hear those tapes. I should point out to everybody listening, I've covered Diana for a long time. You said a minute ago there was about 30 documentaries around her death. I was on 29 of them. So they normally interview fools like me to talk about Diana. I'd never heard these tapes. A lot of them have never been broadcast before. I knew about them. I didn't know Andrew Morton would ever, ever release them. When he finally said yes, Tom, what did you do? Well, uh, before he said yes, he 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 looked at me, you know, like, what do you think when it all finished? And it was extraordinary, as you've heard. And he said, you know, I was going to go to my grave and mm. not give these to anyone. But if you mm. promise this is how you're going to do it, I'll give them to you. Do you think he was holding on to these tapes because he was worried about Diana? Was she his friend? What was the reason? I don't know that she was his friend. Uh, they if they met, they hardly met at all, actually, which is surprising. However, I think he just felt they were so precious and so Mm. important that it wasn't up to him to make the decision to release them. Even though Diana had recorded them, knowing that the information would be made public, that's why she made the recordings, he he was very protective of those tapes. Mm. And... um, he needed to trust someone at the highest possible level to do right by the tapes. And after meeting me and I showed him some of my work on previous projects where we had used only archive to tell stories, I promised him at that time that that's how we would do it. And uh, we shook hands. I went back to Los Angeles. I talked to National Geographic. I, I, by the way, I flew back that night. I was in <laughs> London for about 15 hours because I had other things to do. I didn't, but this was too important. Get those tapes back to America, Tom. We'll see the town on the next trip. I'll take you to Buckingham Palace sightseeing next trip. So you got back to LA. Did you know that you had hit gold? Yes. Yes. I knew. I knew what we had. We had to be very protective of the tapes. And it was, I, I felt a great sense of responsibility. Mm. We do a lot of history programming, and sometimes we find recordings or footage that are very dramatic or they're um, the types of things that uh, can change how people think about history. In mm. this case, Diana's tapes, mm. do, they do that. And uh, however, because we now had all of her recordings and these uh, really intimate stories in her voice instead of in print, I felt tremendous responsibility to treat them with the greatest respect. I just want to add also for her boys, um, Mm. and and I certainly can't equate my life to theirs living in fame the way they do, but... I was um, eight years old when my mother died, 
And um, so I know what that's like. Right. And, you know, a lot of people say, oh, it was a long time ago. Get over no. it. No. And for a boy to lose his mother at a young age, um, it, it never goes away. It crosses your mind at least once a day. And uh, it completely changes your worldview. So not only did I feel a responsibility to Diana and how we presented the material, but I felt a responsibility to her sons because they may or may not have watched this. I'm sure they've heard about it. If they have watched it, I'd like to think that they thought it was a, a right and proper job in how we treated it. And I think we did. It's a beautiful, beautiful documentary. Once again, I've seen every single one of these documentaries, type of documentaries. I've probably been on half of them myself as a talking head. I sat down to watch this yesterday. I was in tears by the end. And I think you just explained something that I didn't understand. This is not Diana being interviewed by a fool like me. This is not Diana on the morning shows putting on a happy face. She, I can imagine, is sitting in her bedroom in the palace, maybe on her bed, talking to a friend, and they're recorded. Do you think that she would be upset that these are now out in the public? I would hope not. I think the way we treated them and the way we presented them and how we were very true to everything she said, we were, one thing we did is we found stories that she talked about, as you saw in the film, uh, for example, early on the black dress where she mm. went out and Charles had a problem with what she was wearing and she was only 19 at the time. We purposely chose stories, and there are many more that are not in the film, but we purposely chose one where we had images and footage to illustrate the exact story. Ah, uh, so, clever. Mm -hmm, so it's as if she sat down in a narrator booth and narrated the film for us because we married everything to uh, images that really explained she, what she was talking about. And on purpose, if you recall, we chose news reports uh, that would help illuminate what was going mm -hmm. on at the time. And all the news reports were about how happy they are and how loving, and especially that night we were talking about with the black dress, um, she met Princess Grace, and yes. the news reporter is talking about, oh, how lovely she looks with Princess Grace. And Diana on the tapes is saying, I was absolutely horrified. I was sick. I didn't know what to do. I'm meeting Princess Grace, for God's sake. Right. I didn't remember. She says, I didn't know whether to hold my handbag. Yes, in, in the left, left hand, hand or the right, right hand. hand. <laughs> oh, there's another example, too. There's many, many examples, mm. but she talks about the night that she went to Camilla's 40th birthday party in her own words. What that felt like, meeting the woman that you knew was with your husband. Another example, too, that really took my breath away is when we all got up early to watch that royal wedding. She got up early, too. But her experience about it was very different. And she talks about having a night before. Once again, this is her talking. This is not a narrator. It's Diana. The night before being up to the wee hours, throwing up. Her bulimia was out of control. And she said the morning of the wedding when everybody was going crazy, she felt calm. And her biggest priority was helping her dad down the aisle, who seemed to be having more fun there than she did. It is extraordinary. What is the takeaway from this? What shocked you the most? Listening to all seven hours of this, is there one thing that stood out? 
the fairy tale often is not true. Mm. Or the, you know, we're all raised with the fairy tale, especially British fairy tales. You know, it's the Arthurian legends, <laughs> Shakespeare, and we tend to believe the my day, my prince will come storyline, mm. Snow White, Disney. And uh, that's all well and good as a fantasy. But she would, sh and she went into that. One thing you notice in the film when she starts out when she's 19, and let's all remember what we were doing with 19. <laughs> good grief, Tom. <laughs> and and then you see her evolve, uh, for example, but even by the time the wedding rolls around, she has this doubt behind her eyes and she narrates that several years later after the wedding about what she was actually feeling. I think my biggest takeaway is that we, we want to believe in the fairy tale and uh, people like Princess Diana um, were uh, and others like her are uh, uh, not necessarily living the most charmed of lives that mm. we would like to believe. We, we want them to be so that we can continue to believe in fairy tales. But the mm. reality of it is very different. It certainly, certainly is. Now, after all this research and this access that you've had that really very few people in the world have had, what do you think she would think about what's happening today with her sons? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, I think she'd be very proud of William. Uh, you know, toward the end of the film, we use... Uh, some statements from her about how she's subtly behind the scenes trying to change the monarchy to help William, knowing that William would be next in line to the throne after Charles. And she wanted the monarchy to modernize a bit. Um, I would think uh, regarding Harry and Meghan, who are so controversial right now, mm -hmm. And this is only a personal guess after having listened to the tapes and gone through so much foot. I mean, hundreds of hours of footage and thousands of stills to put this story together. I would think she'd be happy for them if they're happy. I mm. would think she would say, if this is what you want to do, you know, it's not exactly how things are done in the right. royal family. But if you're happy then go for it. That, and that is my opinion. I'm basing it you. only no, on No, I mean, story. but as somebody that has had the access that you've had, you certainly now are entitled to your opinion about this. So this is a cheeky question, but after this extraordinary film, do you retire, Tom? Can you top it? Who are you going to do next? Well, we're doing other things for National Geographic right. that have not been announced yet. However, I will say that we're... Um, I've been... Uh, talking with Andrew Morton, and uh, there's a fascinating story that is yet to be told about this. And it's not to go back to the same well twice, right. but the year that Diana, Andrew Morton, Diana's friend, and Morton's publisher kind of conspired to make this book happen, to do the recordings, to get the tapes to Andrew Morton. Andrew Morton's office, for example, was broken into and ransacked. James oh. Colthurst on his bicycle was uh, uh, moments after leaving Kensington Palace after one of these recording sessions was run off the road by a mystery vehicle that sped away. Where the book was secretly printed, the first run, to keep it quiet in Sweden. And someone showed up at the printer 
pretending to be Morton's publisher to basically stop the presses because they needed to get a, they needed to get a, uh, a look at the transcript of, or the galleys of the book. So there's this year of intrigue that mm. I find fascinating. It's a smaller part of the story, but it's certainly one that I'd love to tell. And I think, yeah, don't forget next year, 2022 is the 25th anniversary of Diana's passing. And it's also the 30th anniversary of Andrew Morton's book coming out. So wow. I think there's going to be renewed interest in Princess Diana again uh, 12 yeah, months she, from now. She never really goes away, does she? In a wonderful way. I really appreciate this. She's almost like a an old friend. When I heard her voice, it brought me back to feelings and um, nice, nice, kind feelings. What do you think ultimately her legacy is? Well, I think it's still evolving. You know, there, for so long she was, uh, you know, viewed by some as a, um, a tragic victim and, and by others how, that she was manipulative. I'm sure you've heard that mm -hmm. before. Um, you talk about it in the film. You actually have a reporter ask her that question in the film and her response is extraordinary. Yes. Yes. She, uh, you know, she just, she was trying to do some good in the world after the marriage ended. And uh, I believe that to be true. I think she saw herself as someone that could get things done because of her prominence in the world. And she wanted to pick and choose things that she believed in to try and make a difference. I think uh, years from now, we'll look back at her as I know I will, as probably someone who is greatly misunderstood Someone who was very, very young when she was brought into the fold of teen, the, uh, still a teenager, Tom. still a teenager. I mean, it's remarkable to look at those early pictures yes, of her. Yes. It, 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 you forget, people forget. They think of Diana when she's dating Dodie Fayed, and people forget what nineteen-year-old Diana was 19. about. And and I, I I think in the long run she will. Uh, become more cherished than she is now, and uh, will people will look back at her as a um, tragic figure that uh, died and left us much too early, and there'll always be a sense of wonder of what she would have become and what she would have done in this world if she had lived. Mm, I think you are right, Tom. Where do people find this film now? Where can they Where can they watch it? Well, it, it went from National Geographic to Netflix, as you know, and Netflix, uh, God bless them, paired it with season four of The Crown, <laughs> which is about Diana, and it exploded, as you know, Yes, and it's now rotating off of Netflix, and uh, National Geographic is a, now a Disney company. And it's already on Disney Plus, so people who have Disney Plus uh, can watch it there uh, ongoing. I think it's going to live on there for a long time, and I'm sure National Geographic will show it again at some point. It's going to live for a very long time, Tom, because it is extraordinary. It really is. Diana, in her own words, it's an intimate story told entirely through the princess's voice, through very, very rare recordings, most of which have never been broadcast before. Tom Jennings, thank you for joining us on a very special edition of the Naughty But Nice Show. 
We're a production of iHeartRadio. Don't forget to subscribe. Leave a comment if you can. Tom, we have a little bit of audience participation at the end of every show. So I'm going to say, if you're going to be naughty, you've got to be. And we all say nice together, Tom. Got it? Got it. If you're going, so it's so the show's so silly to have such a great, serious, award-winning filmmaker on this silly show. Still makes me smile, but we'll play along. Oh, if you're going, I, I have no problem at all. <laughs> I I do not take myself too seriously. I grew up in Cleveland. I can't. There, <laughs> if you're going to be naughty altogether, now you've got to be nice. Nice. Take care, everybody. Thanks, Tom. Thank you. It's naughty but nice with Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity, designed for women's unique retirement needs, with flexible withdrawals plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. Gainbridge is helping build a better financial future for women. Retirement income you can't outlive is the ultimate flex. Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, full product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.